The filibuster is on the chopping block. Who didn't see this coming? The filibuster is on the chopping block. Well, of course it is. Democrats don't want to be told they can't do things, man. They just want to do things and you take it. You suck it up. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. Ooh, big activity in front of us. There's security everywhere. You're going to take some video there of what's going on. We're at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. And there is, like, serious, serious security presence right in front of us everywhere. Absolutely, positively everywhere. And it's not for Lawrence B. Jones of Fox News. I can guarantee you that. Elizabeth Warren is saying that the filibuster has to get scrapped. Why? Because the $15 an hour minimum wage didn't make it into budget reconciliation. The Senate parliamentarian said, sorry, you can't add minimum wage requirements into a budget bill and utilize the reconciliation process to get what it is that you want. They want to use budget reconciliation so they don't have to engage a debate with Republicans. Do what you want. Move the Republicans out. Don't even give them a say. Don't give them a chance. Just have the vote. You have 50 Democrats. Add the, the vice president. Done and done and done. Because you can't find a Democrat to stand up to the idea that $15 an hour is such a ridiculous concept. So is the minimum wage. But we've discussed that. Now what they're saying is, why should we have to even deal with Republicans? Recognize reality when it is in front of your face. They do not believe that, that Republicans should have power. Democrats believe that Republicans should sit in the corner and be wrong and be called racists while they say nothing. This is what they believe. This is who they are. And every time you say to yourself, it can't be that bad, here you go. Here you go. Democrats should not be held hostage, says Elizabeth Warren, by Mitch McConnell to help struggling families. It's time to get rid of the filibuster to raise the minimum wage to $15 and pass the other bold policies that America voted for us to deliver. They didn't vote for you to deliver that. They split the Senate in two. You know what they want you to do? Sit down and be quiet. Maybe stop doing so much or trying to do so much or pretending you do so much. Maybe you should stop actually destroying things. Because that, look, uh, Elizabeth Warren has to accept the fact that the policies that she enables, the policies that she, she values aren't ones that, that help you. Name for me the small business that is helped by an Elizabeth Warren policy and uh, I'll say to you, wow, that's not true because there is no policy from Elizabeth Warren that helps a small business. But it shouldn't be said in, in, in that, you know, ethereal kind of way. Rather, let's break it down into a much more granular conversation. Personalize it. The, min the, the minimum wage helps the small business how? Well, it gives the employee $15 an hour. Not if the employer can't pay the employee because it's $15 an hour. You see how easy that was? I didn't even break a sweat. I didn't even have to shift in my chair. I didn't have to change the tone of my voice. Nothing. That's how easy it is to understand. Now, for Elizabeth Warren, you understand the answer is, 
Well, that's too bad for the business owner. The business owner shouldn't be able to fire anybody. And if you say to me, wait, did, did Elizabeth Warren say that? No, not yet. And I don't want to say to you that I'm a guy who can see into the future, right? I, I am not saying that I've got any level of Nostradamus. What I'm saying quite clearly is that of course it's going to get said. Of course there are going to become rules and regulations about retention. How could there not be? You know there are states where you have exit taxes? You move, you pay an exit tax. The punishment for you wanting to lead a better life is that you write a check. Now, I have never been able to confirm this. Maybe somebody could help me out, right? Tax policy, not my, my strongest suit in terms of uh, tax code. But does California have a, a, a rule, a law, whatever you may call it, that says they can go after your income for 10 years after you leave? I've heard people say that I'm like, I, I, I'm looking for articles, I'm looking for, you know, a rationale for this. I've never seen it. But you know, it's just, it sounds just so completely criminally insane that maybe it could be true. Maybe it could be possible. We are live at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference brought to you by Relay Indiana, RelayIndiana.com. So appreciate them for being the sponsors, RelayIndiana.com. We have got much, much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So Donald Trump Jr. just showed up, and that's what the security's for. I got to admit, that's pretty impressive. These guys, gloriously serious. Totally polite, totally professional, gloriously serious. It's because when we, where we're set up here on Radio Row at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, it is Fox Nation to my right. So they're right uh, there. So people are, are coming in and, and doing interviews. We're grabbing some people, talking to some people, able to see some people. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, always a pleasure. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. There's Leo Terrell from Fox right there. Good to see you, Leo. People are just having a ball. They're just having a, just, the, just the time of their lives. They're laughing and singing. Some of them may have been drinking. And that is one of the stories from here. The very idea that, that the political left is, is, is morose. I mean, I'm sorry, the political right is morose. The idea that people are angry or upset or, or bothered. They're bothered by the election. They're bothered by, by the, the election loss, for sure. They're bothered by issues within the election. That makes sense. But did they come here sad and miserable and, 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 and head down? No, they're, they're, they're in party mode. They're in a mode to do good things. Apparently the party's over at CPAC. <laughs> right when he was talking about how great a time it was, we lose Tony Katz. How unfortunate. That's okay, though, because I'm always prepared. Uh, earlier today, we heard Tony Katz speak to Ted Cruz. Uh, he also spoke to Representative Jim Banks in his morning show. I didn't know if you know this or not. Tony Katz does, in fact, have a morning show. Uh, he spoke to uh, Representative Banks about the attack on Syria. So while I work to get Tony back, let's recap that interview that Tony had with Representative Jim Banks. So we didn't get to hear the whole interview with Congressman Jim Banks? Is that it? We got to hear I, like the first 10 seconds. <laughs> it's, 
It's a good interview. I'll have it posted over at TonyCats.com. So there have been these serious internet issues here. So so sorry about that. That's how we, we connect. It's just, it's just the way it is. But I was talking about how uh, everyone's feeling, and they're feeling good. They're feeling upbeat. They're feeling joyous. They're not happy with results, but they're wondering what's coming next. And one of the big conversations is what exactly is going to come? Do you need the man, Donald Trump? Or do you need the theories behind him? And the theories aren't conservative theories because those didn't come from Donald Trump, right? Those came from conservatism. But the idea of how to fight, the idea of how to share in that fight, the idea in how to push back and not just take hit after hit after hit after hit, but say, how dare you think you can hit me? Let me show you how this is done. That is one of the great lessons learned. And how do you apply that out, right? How do you share in that lesson and move that lesson to others how do other possible candidates engage that lesson because if you're going to win and have victories right you need more than just one person if the party wants to say it's all donald trump all the time you heard senator ted cruz he was speaking on the main stage donald cruz is I mean, donald cruz oh that's just funny donald trump isn't going anywhere that's what he said donald trump isn't going anywhere he said the words well, what matters more, that man or a philosophy of how to engage a fight with conservative principles that can get Americans to say, I want a piece of that. And it's, for me, it's gotta be the latter. And that's not saying you have to give up the former. You don't have to give up the idea of President Trump being around, not at all, not in the slightest, not a single solitary bit. What you have to do is know that you have to expand the ability to move a message and engage that fight properly. By the way, fight's not a bad word. Everyone's going to tell you fight's a terrible word and fight's an inciting word. Uh, the whole montage of the fight like hell from the political left, it's just fine. It's just solid and good. You could say fight like hell. It's quite all right. Don't be silly. I'm in favor of the latter, which is to say, I am in favor of teaching people how to fight. What they must learn to do is fight the right way, but in their own way. And this is where it gets super difficult. This is where it gets downright dangerous. Because very often people will say, oh, you want to fight? You got you to gotta, you gotta fight like Trump. And so they try to emulate Donald Trump. It doesn't work. It can't work. It has no capacity to work at all. They can't do Trump. They can only do them. And so that's about engaging a style or at least a methodology and then adapting it to their own style. That's how it has to get done. And I'm not so sure as of yet, they are prepared. I don't think they're prepared yet to learn those lessons. It's going to take time. I think we should be patient and start working on the teaching. Now, you got, you got Donald Trump Jr. who's coming in and the crowd is huge and the security is big. Julio Rojas, town hall is here right now. Yeah, just pull that microphone over, man. How, how, oh, you don't need the headphones. What does okay. it matter? I'm right here. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So the, the reason we wanted to bring you in is that as we're, of course, discussing everything, CPAC and political, there are very few people who have been in the belly of the beast 
regarding yeah. Antifa, regarding the violence, the, what, the riot at the Capitol. Yeah. You have been there for absolutely positively everything. Well, not everything, but a lot of it. I uh, appreciate it. I appreciate that. I, I like how that is the impression that I get off. <laughs> everywhere you go, there's, there, there's a, a, a video of yours, a conversation uh, that you're having. So talk to me about what it is that it is you're seeing. What is it that you're, you're gathering? I mean, nothing good, really. I mean, what, what we saw happen last year in late May and really just extend to, you know, January of this year is just that there's just a lot of divide within the country and I, I mean I know that's not exactly breaking news but we see that divide spill over from social media into the streets because of various different events and specifically with you know the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement and all that uh, kind of what I compare it to in, in the sense of I wasn't around in Los Angeles in 92. I was born in 96, so I miss, miss that. But uh, All right, it's a good excuse. It's a good excuse to miss something. But I, we saw that the riots happened after the officers in the Rodney King case had their, had their trial, and they were basically let off very easily until the federal case that came later. But the initial case, you know, and that's when we then saw the riots happen. It didn't happen right after the video was reported. It didn't happen during the trial. It happened afterwards. And now with social media... And then, you know, fast forward 20 years or you know, over 20 years later, and you throw in more controversial police actions uh, involving African-Americans. The riots were immediate, widespread and longer lasting than that. So, I mean, that just shows just the direction that the country is headed towards. And it's, it's really nothing good. And I, I, I know I hate to be kind of a downer in the sense of that. But then, you know, it's just it's just really sad to see but being uh, so much on the ground and, and in these places i i of course uh, describe antifa as not anti-fascist but as the fascists right it's, absolutely it's, it's word manipulation yeah. from beginning to end and they are inherently violent because that's the only way they can move forward an ideology or, a me or you, the methodology they use to move forward an ideology right i'm wondering if you could define for us what you think in your experiences how would they define the antifa ideology well uh, well as they say uh, or as you just said yeah i mean they they use tactics that fascists would use uh, threats of violence actual violence uh and and really because and they justify that by saying oh well we're going after fascists and yeah sometimes they do show up to nazi things or you know to counter protest but uh, as as we saw over the summer especially in areas like portland uh we saw minorities being harassed, uh, whether it was through their businesses or even private property. There was a guy uh, who had an American flag up on, on his lawn in Portland, which is, uh, that, that right away is not a good idea, which is sad. Right, exactly, in an American city that you can't do that. And an African-American neighbor showed up to support his neighbor, and the supposed BLM pro-Antifa people were telling the black man to go home and that it wasn't his fight and that he was in the wrong. And, you know, of course, they're mostly white because Portland is very white. <laughs> right. But so it's just very ironic in the sense that they view themselves as the heroes in their own story. But really, they are they're 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 they're, they're evil in, in that, again, they they like to think that they attack fascists. But in reality, a lot of times they don't. And they hurt not just minorities, but other people as well who have nothing to do with 
actual Nazi ideology, which, of course, obviously I'm not in favor of. They don't like me either. Right. Oh. <laughs> it's neither, my, neither one of us. Yeah, they, they don't like my brown skin. Right. They, they don't like my Jewish blood. Talking to Julio <laughs> Ross of, uh, of uh, townhall.com. First of all, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Yeah, Rosas. Yeah. Okay, Rosas. Okay. I think every now and then I slip it to Rojas. And I don't mean that. that, No, that I mean that is uh, a more common variation of my name. So that people just naturally trust me. I've been called worse. Um, (laughs) But but I'm better than that. I'm not going to have that. Your your description of the of some of the things they do, and they don't care who it is. They don't actually care about color of skin. They care about this ideology. This ideology is one of destruction. This I. So, is there a moment that they have told you, or you have picked up? that they're done destroying when are they done just trying to hurt maim and ruin so uh, we we saw the continuation of of their of what they want to do on january 20th inauguration day uh you know people have this idea that antifa are pro-democrats and they they might be to a very small extent but they they hate joe biden and the reason why is because they hate the united states as a whole they're not pro-democrat and anti-republican they're just anti-america as a whole so i mean we have this whole talk about insurrectionists with regarding january 6th and like i said i was there and that was bad too and what they did but these are also wannabe insurrectionists and we see a complete total uh narrative or rhetoric shift from democrats where you even had jerry nadler during the summer saying that oh the antifa violence in Portland was a myth being propagated by right-wing media, which is just like, well, if you, you have to be concerned with all insurrectionists that want to take down the, the federal government. And that's and we saw that play out a little bit uh, when they were attacking the federal courthouse in downtown Portland. That's federal property. That That is insurrectionist-type behavior. And they weren't just throwing little fireworks. They were throwing actual bombs, legitimate IEDs, improvised explosive device, at the courthouse to hurt and even kill the federal officers that were there. I want you to keep reporting. I want you to keep doing. We're going to keep talking about it. We'll keep sharing your stuff. Julio Rosas, see what I did there? Yeah. Like a pro. <laughs> like a pro, I did that. Townhall.com. Um, there, there are more conversations to dig into from this, but I'm up against it. Got to take the break. We got to Go wrap ahead. it all we'll up. Do, do what you got to um, do. Julio, I, I appreciate it. Julio Rosas, townhall.com. Check out his work. I'm Tony Katz. So, we wrap up CPAC, still having to answer some questions. That's why we're still staying. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's so good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, Tony Katz, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. We're going to be recording interviews and talking to people on Saturday. We'll be sharing that on Monday. I, I will tell you the one thing that I can tell you at least at this stage. Don't pay any attention to this whole Civil War thing. That's a made-up nonsense garbage term. It's a construct. It's not real. It's fabricated. It is not real. There is no Civil War. There are differences and there are divides. There is no upheaval. There is no question Uh, in terms of policy of keeping the country safe, of recognizing the threat uh, of China. There are people who are engaging a serious issue in in, in some 
problematic economic policies. Senator Tom Cotton and Senator Mitt Romney are wrong about the minimum wage. They're just, they're just wrong. And that needs to be blasted. What I think they may be trying to do is saying, we're getting beat on this minimum wage thing. Why don't we suggest the idea of raising the minimum wage? But they raise it to 10 and not 15. If you're going to raise it, raise it to $82 an hour. You got to think big. This was President Trump's point about the stimulus checks. Why are we saying no? Let's just make it $2,000 and be done. Come on. Ah, just do it. Just write that check, baby. That's all you got to do. I'm just saying it's not a policy that I enjoy because you don't want to write the $2,000 check because maybe not everybody should be getting the $2,000 check. Maybe that's a wrong way to look at everything. The very wrong way. By the way, the COVID relief bill, that's going to get a vote today in the House. I don't think, it, I, I don't think it's going to fail. I, I think it goes through just fine. I think it goes through easy in, 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 in that regard. I don't think there are any Democrats that are going to vote against it. I think you're going to get a fair amount of Republicans who may vote for it as well if we're talking about getting help to small businesses. Doesn't mean what the, I don't know what the Senate's going to do. Oh, well, we're going to find out. Then you're going to take a look at the Equality Act that passed the House despicably. The people who pushed the Equality Act, that's a lot of hate for, for women in America. The Equality Act is this, uh, this, you know, amending the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You know, gender and uh, sexual preference. Is it not sexual preference anymore? The terminology changes all the time. But certainly, it discusses the idea of what uh, your uh, religious affiliation or religious leadership can say. And certainly, it tells young women in high school and college sports, sorry, you have to compete with whoever we say we can put on the field or on the track or, or anywhere else, and that's it. And if you complain, you're the bigot. I stand with female athletes across America. I will help female athletes across America any chance I get because what they're pushing in the Equality Act is straight up bullying. They're pushing hate. You have to play with boys who say they're girls. Otherwise, you're a bigot. Not a chance, ladies. You deserve better. You are allowed to speak up. You're allowed to say this is wrong. I'm going to stand with you every step of the way and help you in any way I can. 